0: Good morning, church. First uh, Sunday in December. I love Christmas time. Merry Christmas! I like I, you know you only got one day, so I got to take like the whole month to say it a whole lot of times. Susan and I went to the, got out and went to the Christmas parade. Uh, Last night or yesterday afternoon, I did not realize that when you went to a Christmas parade, it hadn't been in a while. That you're taking your life into your own hands. You know they're throwing candy out. Uh, I got beamed with a tootsie roll right in between my eyes. I'm dodging. There are little kids around me. I thought were little kids. They were little kids around me with their sacks, and they're catching candy. And I look down, but one of them's the mother of the kid. She's on her hands and knees. On the pavement and getting all up in my personal space, she said she's getting moving my foot around to get a piece of candy that rolled under there, and and I'm like wait wait a minute you know I, I don't I don't even want the candy I'll be glad to get out of the way but I mean it was quite the time but we did enjoy I always loved the Christmas music and then last night we uh, went to uh, ULM and heard the Marine band do their Christmas concert and uh, so that was. It was nothing like Christmas music. I think Kim starts playing it in September or something. She's a big Christmas music fan. So, uh, uh, and I appreciate all the uh, decorations and the work that's going on here. And so it's, a, it's just a great time of the year. And, and what a great time of the year to talk about God's grace. You know, that's the series we've been in. And we've we've talked about what, it, what grace means. And we've also talked about... Uh, Uh, how to try to learn to trust in that God's grace because so many of us as humans, we think if we can do good enough, then God will bless us more and more. And yet we always know intellectually we are saved by grace and yet the feeling of that is difficult when you've been battling some sin over and over again, right? Because it's hard to believe that we're actually forgiven. And if you remember one of the sermons I had you say something... And we said, I am what? One person remembered it. So what I'm going to do is just preach that whole sermon again because obviously, no. I am forgiven. Say that with me. I am forgiven. I am loved. I am loved. Anybody know the next one? His grace is enough. His grace is enough. And so believing God really does love me and saves me in the middle of my messes and and keeps me going is so huge and important to who we become as God's people. Because if we do not understand that and if we have no assurance of our salvation, we become a miserable group of people who have a very difficult time trying to share the good news with other people because it's not good news to us. And so it's very, very important we get that down. And I think uh, and Trent did such a good job last week talking about growing in our grace and, and what that meant. Well today, we're going to talk about practicing grace. You know, we, we understand the vertical thing. I can't do anything to God. God's got to save me. It's by grace. I can't earn it. But what about horizontal grace? What about practicing grace? To other people. Ask yourself a few of these questions. This is what I ask myself Do I relieve people from guilt and shame or do I increase their burden? Do I hold others hostage by their sin or do I free them up? Do I point out faults easier than I point out accomplishments? Do I practice? grace toward other people that becomes quite a quite a challenge it's one thing to understand okay god has saved me by grace but god never saved me by grace just for me alone because he saves me by grace but that grace is overflowing into my into my interactions with other people because i'm put into a community of folks called the church and I'm also putting out into the world that I'm supposed to be light and salt. And, and so all of a sudden grace has to have a, an effect on my life that, that, uh, that causes me to act with people different than I acted when I didn't have grace. Two great preachers years ago, one named Charles Spurge and the other named Josh uh, Joseph Parker. They both lived in London at the time. One day, Parker, in his sermon, commented on the the orphanage that Spurgeon had started and how poor the people were, the children were. And his remarks kind of got, you know how people kind of turn the words. So it was taken to Spurgeon that he was critical of this. So Spurgeon blasted Parker the next week from the pulpit. And then that attack was printed all in the papers and put all over town about these two famous preachers at odds. And the, so next week people just flocked to Parker's church. They want to hear his response in this. In the, all of a sudden in this problem. And so here's what he said. I understand Dr. Spurgeon is not in his pulpit today. This is the Sunday they take up an offering for the orphanage. He knew that they did this on a particular day. So he said, I suggest as a church that we take up a love offering here also. And so the ushers went around and they emptied the offering plates three times. Now, I know we only did it twice today, but I'm not against passing it again, I'm just saying. But they passed it three times and they got a ton of money to help the orphans. And. Spurgeon had only got upset because he believed a false report of what somebody said about this guy. So he Spurgeon goes to Parker's house and he knocks on the door after he understands what happened and says, Parker, you have practiced grace on me. You've given me not what I deserved. You have given me what I needed practicing grace in Romans chapter 12 verse 6 the Bible says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us if your gift is prophecy then prophesy in accordance with your faith and he goes on to list the other gifts there in that particular chapter but he says these are given by grace and they're different someone said well you know my God is fair no God God doesn't have to be fair Remember this story when the boss hires workers and he gives them a denaro for their day's labor. And then uh, he does that when he hires some at eight in the morning. Then he hires some at, later on, a few hours later in the middle of the day. And then some, and he pays them all the same. And the ones that agreed to work for that, they're all mad about it. Because it, other people got the same pay and didn't put in as much hours. unfair. Unfair. See, it's not about being fair or unfair. Grace is not about balancing the scales of fairness. Even in the gifts that we have, there are some of you here who have tremendous talent and gifts that, that others of us do not have. Is that fair? No, he's not talking about being fair. He's talking about God's grace gives everybody different talents and different abilities and different opportunities and by that grace we're to use those in response to other people and acting and using our gifts in order to give god glory and to expand the kingdom grace works and grace has to be practiced within the body of christ in first peter 4 8 through 11 he says above all love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This thickly thing, he notes two ways that grace interacts and works with us. One is in speech and one is in serving. In Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6, the Bible says, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of, what's our word? Grace. Season with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. One man said "Do this, Write your criticisms in dust and your compliments in marble. (laughs) I kind of like that. You see what happens with us? In our speech to one another, do we always, or, and with outsiders, are we responding with grace? Is our speech full of grace toward each other? You see, because this thing of practicing grace, if I've received it, grace, and it's overflowing in my life, then my response to the brothers and the sisters, regardless of what they do, I've got to respond with my comments, first of all, being full of grace. Season with Saul. I need to know how to answer people and talk to people and make the most of the opportunity for the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you, frankly, that's not what's happening if you're standing out in the foyer of the parking lot chewing on somebody because you don't like something. I hear crickets out there. <laughs> Amen, brother. Look, we all have shortcomings, right? We have to learn to give each other grace. And part of that starts by me thinking and being conscious of grace all the time when I'm communicating with my brothers and my sisters. Because I've got to practice this thing of having grace at church. I've got to practice this at my job. I've got to practice this with my boss. I've got to practice this with, with the folks I play ball with. I've got to practice this at school. I've got to practice this grace and interacting with it everywhere I go. I want to be full of overflowing grace. I've got I wanna have such an appreciation of being saved because of my own mess ups, yet God saved me that least I can do is give grace to other people. Look, God will never ask you to give more grace than He's given you. And aren't you grateful? Aren't you glad that when you uh you blew up because something happened, you said something ugly? And the brothers just gave you grace. They just hugged your neck. They just encouraged you. Because we all do that sometimes, don't we? Husbands, aren't you glad when your wife gives you grace? Amen. Can I get an amen? All the marriage retreat people just said amen. Oh. You know, you forgot the one thing. You went to the store for one thing, picked up four others and forgot the thing you went for, right? (laughs) Aren't you glad for grace? Or you weren't honest about something and then finally you're caught and you come clean and you're hurt and you're wounded and you're embarrassed and you're in shame and your spouse gives you grace. Mm. You see true healing can't take place without it. Grace and forgiveness are never far apart. How we speak, what we say makes all the difference in the world. There's an interesting passage. We probably, I, you know, I don't know that ever. this officer, I've heard a lot of sermons on grace. And I don't know that I've ever heard this passage used in a sermon on grace. But in Acts chapter 4, as the church is exploding in its growth of, of the gospel going out, and they're being persecuted and being put in jail and for, for that, and they're having to pray for boldness. In Acts chapter 4, 32 through 35, there's an interesting little passage that talks about the church coming together and supporting each other. And the Bible says all the believers were one in heart and mind. And no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. But they shared everything they had. Now notice this next verse. With great power, the apostles continued to testify "...to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus." Now watch for next. "...and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time those who owned land or houses sold them. They brought the money from the sales. They put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need." Grace took care of the physical needs of the church... They were full of grace, and grace was powerfully at work in their life. They weren't worried about keeping their own stuff for themselves. I thought that was an interesting phrase. God's grace was powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. I love our tradition of taking up the first Sunday contribution for needy folks in our church family and their families. I love the fact that when we do that, that we're helping meet a need so that there's not a needy person among us. There's not someone that goes through and, 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 and goes hungry. There's not someone that all of a sudden something doesn't take place in their life that, that, that they, they need help, they need a doctor, they need this. And all of, this is what was happening in the book of Acts. Well, they were losing jobs, they were losing money They were because they've been named... Christ as their Savior. And so all of a sudden as the church is exploding and persecution is taking place, people were, had needs and there was poverty and they took care of each other. And that is a picture of God's grace at work. That's practicing grace. When grace works, needs are met. You and I have been given grace not to just save us, but to benefit those around us. Practicing grace means forgiving what seems to be unforgivable. It means getting along with the unget-alongable. It means loving the unlovable. You see, grace flows from God to you and then to someone else. Grace. Is overflowing in God's kingdom, in God's church. So do you practice grace toward the church? Do you practice it toward co-workers, bosses, spouses, kids? Do you practice grace toward your preacher? Can I get an amen there, please? Please. Please, Trent. Just one. Because as humans, we mess up and we blow it. And the Bible is clear in the book of James. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So in our walk with God, and in our mistakes, and in our mess-ups, in our brokenness, in our addictions, in our pride, in our selfishness, as we're trying to grow and walk in the light, not only does God's grace continue to take care of us, But we find grace from one another. You know why it's important for you to be in a small group? Because you need grace. And someone else needs the grace you have too. You know why it's important to have these interactions as, as as the body, different talents being used? You know why that's important? Because there's a strength and a confidence that comes from community we need each other and i need your support and you need the support of someone else for all the different parts of the journey in life and some are are are, some are fighting cancer we've had a lot of that in our church lately right yet i get yet i get a phone call from tommy you know uh, uh this weekend cancer free amen amen that's great he was so excited to to tell to tell me about that, and I was excited to hear it. Why? Because we're connected. We're a body, and we need each other. Look, we can't meet each other's needs because by deciding who's worthy, we can't look and say, "Well, you know what, that brother." You know, and he's just not, He just, you know, he's messed up this and this. I don't know. I mean, we might could help him, Mike, but, you know. I want my first response to be grace. Because that's what God did for me. You know, sometimes when we battle the same old sin over and over again, you know how that is. And you even kind of get to believe in Satan's lie, like, well, you'll never be forgiven. You can't, you can't conquer this. You can't have victory. We believe Satan's lies about those things. And then we say it to our own selves, you know, God, I, I don't, I can't, I can't come to you time and time again. I mean, how many times can I come to you? I don't deserve. It. Well, look, we didn't deserve it the first time we came to him. Right? We're only made right by the blood of Christ. He gave. And grace always results in giving. God gave. It's got to be one of the most well-known verses in the world. For God so loved the world that He gave. That He gave His only Son. He gave grace. And the challenge to us in practicing it is to give it to one another. And it's not about you deserving it. It's not about me forcing you to admit your sin. It's not about some kind of legalistic wrangling of verses to try to to strong arm you into living right. Look, this is a volunteer army. If you don't want to be here, you don't have to be here. It's a volunteer army. Right, but we're all chosen through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. When you make that choice and that commitment, you get in on God's grace. Then it's a journey of learning more and more about it and practicing it with each other, until, well, until we eventually get to really do, be like Jesus when He comes again. You see, the apostles were preaching powerfully the resurrection because grace always has a message of hope. It's a message that's hope, it's a message of help, and it's a message of home. You know, uh, at Christmas, we always try to go home, back to my mom's house, and uh, gather everybody up and do a deal. And so she's not in her house now. She's in a nursing home. So she's so worried about Christmas. Now, we're going to bring her over to the house and we're all going to show up. And we're going to do something together. And, but it's going to be different. Because she can't do as much for everybody like she has in the past. And yet we've been telling her all along, we don't, we don't, you don't have to buy anything. It's not about that. You know, I know, but I feel so bad, the grandkids. You know, I've, I learned it ain't the kids, it's the grandkids. That they worry, you, know, you get that, right, some of you? Yeah, that's who gets worried about now. But, hey, so worried that I'm not going to have anything there under a tree. Are you kidding just the legacy of a good family gathering up together, that's more than enough of giving at Christmas time. Grace is families getting together and learning how to get by each other's mess ups and mistakes. Because I don't know about your family, I don't know about your brothers and sisters, but my brothers, they got a lot of mess ups. I'm, so, sorry, Rick, he, he, he'll listen on live stream. I know he's listening, so. No, we all bring mess-ups to the table, don't we? And yet, God pulls us into this thing called the church, a family in which we are able to show each other grace and mercy. That means grace when I speak wrong, I need your help. When my anger comes up too quick and I'm trying to work on that, I need your help. When my selfishness gets in the way of digging down into my pocketbook and giving to someone, I need your help. We need each other. And all of us struggle with different things. I think that's why God gave us all different gifts to serve and to talk and to encourage. and to some, some is contributing to the needs of others. Some is showing mercy. some All these different talents that exist. God's grace in action. So my encouragement to us this week, especially in a time that gets more stressful during the holidays and people tend to get busier, is to make sure in all your actions and all your journeys and all your shopping. If you want to really get challenged, just go down and get in the line at Walmart. You'll get an opportunity to practice grace. I mean, quickly. Right? We all need it. From the little things said at home to the heavy sin that just now came out. You read the news, you see so many people, celebrities, and newscasters losing jobs because they lost integrity first. There's no stone of condemnation for me about that. What they, need, what they don't need for me is a rock-throwing contest. They don't need that. What do they need? Same thing I need. Overflowing grace. And they need an appreciation of that through the gospel. So who knows, maybe this will be the time in their life that creates the greatest opportunity for somebody who's spiritual that has a connection to share with them how God forgives them of all their sins. What a great message. Grace. With God, you bet. But it's got to flow out in our interactions with other people. Practice grace. Grace in all your interactions this week. And I, I think I would be safe in saying. You'll make an impact on the world. Because the world, they're not used to that. They don't know what to do with people who show grace to people. But I think you'll be a great blessing. And you'll be the light. You'll be salt. That this world, this old dark world, desperately needs. And God has given us the opportunity to do that. What a blessing. Father, we love you. We need your grace so very much. We need to learn to trust you. We need to grow in our grace. We need to understand the power of forgiveness. The power of love covering multitudes of sins. Father, we need to grow up and become more mature in how we talk to one another, how we talk to our families and our coworkers. We want to be people of grace. Help us, Father, to learn to practice grace every day in our life. Forgive us for the times that we haven't may this church family, as it already is in so many ways, just become known in our community as a place of grace. I appreciate so much, Father, the ministries that you do through this church. The marriage ministries, the Celebrate Recovery. uh, So many ministries that, well, they just exemplify Put a light on your grace. For this is a place for the broken, as it should be. May our church always be a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. May we recognize, Father, the great joy of being saved. And may that joy become our strength. And may grace overflow for each one of us. That we will grow and multiply in our community and our families will understand you better. May we practice what you would have us do in forgiving and in loving and in helping one another. It is so true your word that says your grace is more than enough. And for that, Father, we are thankful. And I pray, Father, for any person sitting in this room that needs to experience your grace, that they will. I pray, Father, for folks that are struggling with sin, that that they can lay that burden down and, and, and enjoy being your child because of the greatness of your grace. May we recognize the hurts in each other. May we learn how to help heal one another. By your grace and by your mercy it's in Jesus name that we pray it's with the Holy Spirit we pray and we ask you to bless our church family father to be full of grace in Jesus name and the church said amen. amen practice grace it'll be a blessing to you I promise if you have a need to become a Christian today we're going to have an invitation song You can come down front, confess Him as Lord, baptize Him to Christ, start all over. Experience God's grace. If you just have a burden on your heart, but you need to get off and just need some brothers and sisters to pray for you, we'll do that too. We want to be people who practice grace. So that means this is a safe place to come for help. If you need any help at all, come while together we stand and we sing.